out of here but Lord you was there for us and you was watching over us and we're thankful for that we ask Lord that you would just come in this service Lord and you would touch hearts and touch lives and minister to needs Lord as only you can do we remember Lord the other ones that are ministering our pastor Lord Brother Joe as well and Brother Aaron as well Lord God just be with them today in this service as we pray we commit our hearts to you and our lives to you and thank you for this opportunity to serve you in this time we're living in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn to our Bibles, 1 Corinthians 10, and verse 12. It's, amen. Good to be back home with you again. And, and uh, as I said, it's, you know, you enjoy going to other places and seeing other people, but there's still no place like home. And uh, we're glad to be home and and glad to be able to be a service today. I actually had a, a bit of a sometimes or old timers moment. Um, <laughs> I was uh, studying this out all first of last week up to about Wednesday, about two thirty, and then I, I was actually my sister Lydia called me and she said, "Are you preaching today?" I said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm studying." She said, "You're preaching today?" I said, "Yes." Yeah. She said, "I thought Brother Joe was preaching tonight." I said, well, he sure is. <laughs> and so uh, I went, closed my stuff up, went and took a nap. <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, but anyway, the Lord saw fit that we would speak it this morning. And so, amen, he knows how to orchestrate things and, and what to do. It's all in his hands and his control. And we're just glad to be a vessel used of him. Amen. First Corinthians 10 and verse 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as common to man. But God is faithful. Aren't you thankful he's faithful? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. We'll let you be seated this morning. I'd like to speak to you on the light determined to fulfill. Amen. I, I believe we ought to be a people of determination because God is a God of determination. And, you know, uh, this determined means having reached a decision or firmly resolved. It's uh, synonyms for it is decisive, it's purposeful, it's resolute, it's resolved, it's single minded. It's steadfast, it's tenacious, it's decided, firmed, 
firm, fixed, persevering, set, settled, buckled down, constant, earnest, meaning business, solid, strong-minded, unfaltering, unflinching, unhesitating, and unwavering. I, I think that's some wonderful descriptions of our Lord. Amen. Because I believe he is decided and he, he doesn't change his decisions, but what he has decided to, amen, about us, he's going to continue on, is not going to change. And I, I really appreciate a God like that because how, how difficult it would be to serve a God that you didn't know if one moment he loved you and the next moment he didn't, or one moment you was his and the next moment you wasn't. But if you were his before the foundation of the world, you will always be his. It doesn't matter what you're going through or what you're going, the circumstances of life, because he does not change. It's what he said in his word. He said, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, O children of Jacob are not consumed. In other words, if I change my mind about you, amen, you would not exist. Amen. But I, I, I do not change my mind. If I called you, it says in another place, God is not a man that he should lie or the or son of man or son of man that he should change his mind. In other words, he, he, what he, what is in his mind or what is in his thoughts is constant. It, it remains. He's not double minded. Amen. He's single-minded. And it says there's the grass, another place says there's the grass wither and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Another place has said, of old you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away, but you are the same and your years have no end. In other places, it says, heavens and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So God's word is firm. It's a firm foundation. It's a firm place you can stand upon. And he has a determination to fulfill this word. Amen. So he does not change his word according to the circumstances, but he'll change the circumstances according to his word. Amen. It says in Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. A few places, Brother Brandon would say it like this. He said, God is determined. And when God makes us up his mind to do anything, it will be. Hallelujah. God is determined, and when God makes up his mind to do anything, it will be. For God is determined that his table will be, will be set, and there will be somebody there. God will have his table full. Amen. God has never changed. He's just the same today as he will, has he always been. And God, when God is determined to do something, he will do it, and nothing will stop him. He will do it. So this God does not, does not allow circumstances to change his mind. This God does not allow uh, p pressures of the world or the things of this world to change his word or to change his mind. God does not allow sin to change his word. God does not allow the, the, how great the sin gets and how bad it gets, amen, to change his word. But his word will remain the same no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situation is, amen, no matter what the problem is no matter what's going on around him he's going to remain the same and I, I believe as believers if we are truly born again of the spirit of God we also have those attributes in us amen therefore we can have a determination we can have a stability about us we can have
have, amen, a, a settledness about us. We can buckle down and, and press through the hard times of life and, and, and be constant and, and earnest and mean business and strong-minded and also be unfaltering and also be unflinching and unhesitating and unwavering. I, I believe that, don't you? If you have, amen, the seed of God on the inside of you, then you also have his attributes. And if God has the attributes of being unchanging, we should also have the, or the unwavering or whatever, we should also have those same attributes inside of us. Amen. He would say it like this in James 1 and verse 5. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unbraideth not, and it shall be given him. And let him ask in faith nothing wavering. Amen. Have faith, not wavering, not, not, not deciding, well, he's not going to hear me. He's not going to understand me. You know, many times we talk ourselves out of it before God's even gave the answer. Amen. Many times we talked ourselves out of it. Amen. Before God has been given the chance to come on the scene and move on our behalf. Amen. It's just like the man one time I heard the story of a man who had a blowout and, and he was out in the middle of nowhere and he sees one little light up there, you know, on the hill. You probably heard the story. See one little light on the hill, an old farmer out there. And he, he said, well, maybe I don't have a jack. I don't have a tire tool. I don't have nothing. Maybe he can help me. But it's midnight. And he, he said, but maybe he won't care. And he starts walking up there, but his mind began to do battles with him. And he's like, man, this man's going to be upset. He's going to be mad. He's going to be mad. I woke him up. He's going to be mad because he didn't get no sleep. He'd been out there doing this and doing that. Got to bed late, going to get up early. And he's probably going to pull a gun. He's probably going to do And before and before he got up there, he almost had talked himself out of it. But his mind just kept, kept pushing in this way. And he gets up and actually goes and knocks on the door. But he done talked himself into to the place to where this man has going to be mad at him and he's going to tell him no and, and he's, going to, he's going to rebuke him and, he, and the man, the farmer gets out of his bed, he comes answers the door and the man says, keep your old Jack anyhow. Amen. Why? Because he was unstable. He, he done talked himself into a situation and the man didn't even have a chance to help him without him already being talked out of it. Many times we come to God the same way. Amen. Before we can give before the throne of God, we begin to waver in our faith. We begin to waver and say, well, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't understand what I'm going through. And he's not going, he, he's, he's too busy for me. And he's got this going on. Just keep your own promises anyhow. Listen, we got to have faith and without wavering. Amen. We got to have faith to walk up to the door and knock and keep on knocking. That God's going to answer me. That God will not change his love towards me. That I am his son and he won't deny himself. And God's going to answer what I have need of. Amen. I ask him in faith, nothing wavering. For he that is wavereth, he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So it's not just in the way of the of truth, but it's also unstable in every part of your life. You're unstable in what you do in your work. You're unstable in how you operate in your family. You're under unstable in every part, and it starts with faith. 
Amen. James writing of the double, the doubting person is he that's like a wave of, of the sea and is blown and tossed by the wind. That man should think he should, that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord because he's a double-minded man, unstable in all that he does. He says a doubter is a double-minded person. Jesus had in mind such a person when he spoke of one who tries to serve two masters. Therefore, he is unstable. One day he's wanting to serve this one. The next day he's wanting to serve that one. He's unsteady. He's wavering in both his character and feelings. Amen. A double-minded person is restless and confused in his thoughts and his actions and his behavior. Such a person is always in conflict with himself. Amen. One torn by such inner conflict can never lean with confidence on God and his gracious promise. Amen. The term unstable is as a drunken man unable to walk a straight line. He is so defined, that he, he is no defined direction and as a result, he never gets anywhere. Such a person is unstable in all that he does. This is what Jesus would talk about a double-minded man. He said in Luke chapter 9 and verse 57, said it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee wherever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes, birds have air, have, of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And he said, let the dead bury their dead but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And others said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me go bid them farewell, which are at my home, at the house. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow, looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. So when you put your hand to the gospel, you never look back. Amen, it doesn't matter if this one goes with you or that one goes with you or families walk away or this or that and the other. My mind is set on Jesus Christ. My mind is set upon his promises and I will fulfill the word that is spoke about me. I will fulfill what God has ordained me to fulfill in this hour. Brother Branham would say it like this. He said, "If if you need any need, Whatsoever that God has promised in his Bible, he's here tonight to meet that need. No need seeking further. His presence is here. His spirit is here. And he's willing. (laughs) Hallelujah. And ready and longing to give you what you've been seeking for. But when you come to him, don't come as a floater. Don't come as a floater. And and I, I go up there and try it and see if it works. You'll never get nowhere. He said, when you come, come with this kind of determination. This kind of determination that you have sold out, locked, stock, and barrel. And when you, you're tired of the world, the sin, and unbelief, and frustration, and doubt, and you're coming to a living God with an anchor surely tied to the rock of ages, and the Holy Spirit is here to pull you into the presence of the living God that'll give you a faith that'll overcome anything, every sickness, every disease, and even death itself. If you'll come with that kind of determination. 
not just floating around and floating up here. And, no, come with a determination that tonight this is going to end. Today, this is going to be the finish. At this moment, I'm going to receive something from God. Amen. He said another place, he said, they have never found a better way for a baby to get what it wants than cry for it. He said, if you give them a bell and say, Junior, you're only three days old, but now when, when you want it, when you want your bottle, raise up this bell and ring it. See if it works. It won't work. A baby cries for what he wants. That's God's provided way. Amen. He said, don't whip the little fella. He's only following God's provided way. He wants something. That's right. It's the only way he knows how to call his mother, scream for it, and cry for it. He said, God recommends this for his children. How many children we got here in the building? This God recommends us for his believing children. He did not intellectual speeches, not some great theology. Amen. He wants you to cry out for your need. That's right. Cry out. But if you're too stiff and starchy, you'll never get it. If you're ready to limber yourself up a little bit and cry out, God will give it to you. He likes to hear his children cry. Cry your needs unto God. God wants it. That's his provided way. Amen. That's the way he wants you to cry. Cry how long? How long does a baby cry? Until he gets what he wants. Until he gets satisfied. He said that's the way a believing Christian should do. God's child, if you see God made a promise, don't give up on it. Cry until it's answered. Hallelujah. Cry till you see God vindicate his word and prove it right here. You don't have to cry no more. You got it. Walk away and thank him. Until you do that, scream out till you get it. Scream out to you, get it. He said, you know, he said, but you got to be persistent about it. He said, not a hybrid plant, not one that has to be babied and petted and packed around. Christians are real, genuine, born articles of God. They fight for their position. Hello, somebody. A fight until they're finished on this earth. Every move of theirs is a fight. Must I be carried on flowery bed of ease while others fought the prize to win through bloody seas? No, no, we got to fight. God told Moses he'd give him the land. He told Joshua, every place the foot or sole of your feet treads, I'll give it to you. They had to fight for every inch of it. So do you. It isn't something to be babied and petted around. Well, I'll take you over there and see what you think about it. You pass your opinion. That's no way to come. Come with a determination. Come in every service with a determination. I mean, if you're not going to come with a determination, why come? Why go through the effort to get up and take a shower, get dressed, drive 30 minutes or whatever it is, amen, and just come and sit there as a floater and just say, well, what will be, will be. No, sir, I'm coming with a determination. I'm coming with a, God's gonna fulfill his word to me this morning. God's gonna speak to me. God's gonna touch me. God's gonna minister to me. Come that you're going to stay till it's over. (laughs) Stay there till God answers. He said a man that believes in God can see the presence of God, feel the presence of God, sense the presence of God, and know he's here. He's here to answer anything and everything that he may promise for in this day. Then cry till you get it. How easy we give up. 
you know, we give up so easy. We, 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 a service can come and, and things can happen. And we just said, well, maybe another time. You know, maybe next service it'll happen. Maybe, maybe over here, maybe, maybe this will be better. You know, come with a determination. Doesn't matter if it's a good song service or not. It doesn't matter if this is right or that's wrong. It doesn't matter. I come for one thing. I come to get something from God. Amen. You know, I, 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 was, I, I was telling the church there in North Carolina the other day. I said, listen, church ain't all about you. But you should be all about church. Amen. It's the truth. You know, if we come with that determination that I'm going to get something from God, then we wouldn't worry about all the other nonsense around us. We wouldn't worry about all the other stuff going on around us. But we'd say, God, I got to receive something from you. I need life. I need strength. I, I need courage. I need this in this moment. I got to have an answer. And you're ready to push through all the doubts and, and all the worry and all the discouragement and all the problems around you. Well, you say, well, I got a lot of disappointments. Well, God lets disappointments happen. Direct quote. God lets disappointments happen to show victory. Hallelujah. If you could only see that, if you could only see these things that seem to be burying you and upsetting you and trials that are going on, they are things to stand still and focus your glasses on the word of God and speak the word of God and just walk forward. That's all there is to do. He says, he said, you believe that these things be of God? Well, it depends on what you, think, what you think about it. If you believe it to be the Lord Jesus, what he said he would do, the same things that I do, you say he did it? Sure. He, look, he looked into this audience, perceiving their thoughts, told them different things. Is that right? The scripture, it, read that, it reads that way in the Blessed Bible that we know that our Lord Jesus is raised from the dead and he visited his people and called the Gentiles out just before he calls the Jews and rejects the Gentile church. That were, they were under inspiration. Flee. That, that was the inspiration. Flee to Christ as quick as you can. Don't be double-minded. Amen. He says another place, he said, after death... Faith sees the resurrection, a God of resurrection. That's the power of faith to believe. He said when he's standing over there behind the dark cloud that you can't see with your natural eyes, but faith, he, he said, let me back up. He said he is standing over there behind that dark cloud that you can't see with your natural eyes, but faith standing by, right by you directs you to him. Hallelujah. Amen. The God of all wisdom who has ordained your path, he's standing just behind every trial. To know that Peter said that every trial is worth more to us than gold for it's working. Every son that cometh to God must first be tried and scores and chastised. And if you'll get a little heartache after you get born again, a little trial that upsets you somewhere and you run back to the world again, it shows you wasn't a child to begin with and you become an illegitimate child and not a child of God. He said, but if a man once anchors his heart in the heart of Calvary, all devils in hell will never shake him out of it. No more he's there 
He's there. Amen. For he that cannot stand chastisement is an illegitimate child. He claims God to be his father when he's not. Just tossed about by every wind of doctrine. Not stable. Don't know where you're going. Double-minded. And a lot of times, double-tongued. And don't know where you're standing or what you're talking about. Then a man that's born to the Spirit of God knows exactly where he's at. Nothing phases him because something inside of him has already witnessed somebody is just on the other side of that cloud. Hallelujah. Somebody is on the other side of that cloud. So, you know, Brother Brandon would preach perseverance, preach it in a lot of places, many different ways, many different times, refer to it some, some in different places. He said, I love this word, perseverant. He said, it means to be persistent in making a goal. Yeah, and there's only one goal we're really truly worried about as a Christian. That's the rapture. That's eternal things and eternal things of eternal benefits. He said, but to be this, you must be fully persuaded and persistent, and then you can be perseverant. He said, I think that's the attitude that all Christians should be in at all times. <laughs> yep, got my hide burnt too. Amen. I think that's the attitude that all Christians should be in at all times. Be perseverant. A man through all ages that has faith in what they're trying to achieve has always been perseverant. Electric, electricity is here because a man was perseverant. Car you drove in up here is here because a man was perseverant. Amen. Things you don't even think about anymore in your daily life is here upon this earth because somebody was perseverant. They'd try this and it wouldn't work. They'd try that and it wouldn't work. They'd try this over here and it wouldn't work. But finally, they found something that would work. Amen. You fly an airplane because somebody was perseverant. It was somebody bold enough to say, hey, I believe as we watch those birds, man can do that also. And so they tried this and it would crash. They'd try that and it would crash. And they finally tried something, it would glide for a little while. And they would tinker with this and tinker with that. Why? Because they were perseverant. So now today you can get in a tube and go all over the earth in just a few moments. What used to take months and sometimes even almost years to get over to the other side, at one point was never thought thinkable, was never even thought of. But now this earth is so small because man and their perseverance has found ways to make it smaller. You know, it's amazing. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I live in this age and I still get amazed that I can pick up my phone and even talk to my daughter in, just down in Florida and I can see your face, and she can see mine, and we can have a conversation, or you can do that anywhere around the world. It's incredible. But it was because somebody was perseverant. It was because somebody, amen, had the faith to believe it was possible. There was somebody that had, the, that had the faith to believe that we can have electricity. We don't have to have a candle all the time and just light it by a fire, a little dim light. No, we can have better than that. So somebody had the faith to believe, and that faith gave them a persistence to continue until they found what they were looking for. Hallelujah. He said, if you can be persevering and have faith in what you're trying to achieve, you will achieve it. 
You got to first have faith before you can be perseverant. So faith and perseverance works hand in hand together. They are brothers. You know, I was going to say this to the end, but I, I, I believe right now because I just seeing what he said right there. This whole start, this whole thing started because Sunday night, me and Sister Ruth and Sister Katie and Sister Rebecca that was with us would travel part way home, and I'd uh, in a motel, and I was studying for Wednesday night. <laughs> and somebody, I don't even know who it was. I don't even, I don't even think I know. It was just some random email sent me. Uh, some group sent me this email. And I, I just, I don't know, normally I just hit delete and send them to the delete file. But I, I got to reading it. Faith works hand in hand with persistence. But you got to have faith to be persistent. Amen. So the God would have to give us something to have faith so we can be persistent. So he had placed in his word, and he'd show his word does not change. So therefore, we have a firm foundation that we can stand upon. As we just read the word, the word said, he will not put more on you than what you can bear, but he will make a way of escape. So when you're going through a trial, that word gives you the persistence to take another step, to keep going, because you know at any moment, there's a way of escape. You know, at any moment, the door's going to open and God's going to change the season that you're in. God's going to change the moment that you're going through. But this, this right here was just, uh, it sent a joke through me and about, I want to tear the motel room apart. But during a study in Harvard, Harvard University in the 1950s, Dr. Kurt Richter placed rats in a pool of water to test how long they could tread water. On average, they'd give up and sink after 15 minutes. But right before they gave up due to exhaustion, he would pluck them out. The researchers would pluck them out, dry them off, let them rest for a few minutes, and put them back in the water for a second try. On the second try, how long do you think they lasted? Any guesses? Some of y'all told the story, so I don't want any of y'all guess. How, many, how long do you think they might have lasted? William, how long? 10, 15 minutes? That's a good guess. That's what he said. How long do you think? 15 minutes? 10 minutes? Five minutes? No. 60 hours. <laughs> yeah, that's not an error. That's right, 60 hours of swimming. And the conclusion drawn from this study at Harvard, amen, was said as it was now, this, this conclusion drawn was that since the rats believed, they would eventually be rescued. They pushed their bodies way past what they previously thought possible. And he said, I want to leave you with this thought. If hope can cause exhausted rats to swim long, and then what, he said, what could faith give to a son of God to realize before you go down, God's going to pull you out. Hallelujah. Before you go down in defeat, Brother Johnny, God's going to pull you out. Before you go down, God's going to make a way of escape. 
I thought, oh God, if God, if God could place something on the inside of a rat to believe that a fickle human being was going to reach down in time to pick them up, how much more does the church of the living God believe we're going to press to the mark of the high calling? Amen. Why? Because before we can go down and defeat, God's going to snatch us out. But this church will not fail. Remember who you are and why you're here. Keep swimming. (laughs) Uh, Amen. Well, I hope you got the faith of a rat. Mercy. We think faith is some big thing off there. A rat can obtain it. Did it not? Did I not just read it to you? A belief that if I just continue, somebody's going to pull me out again. <laughs> what, a, what a God we serve. What a great God we serve. Amen. So that's why we have a determination about us. Because we have a word that has ignited our faith. We have events through scripture that we have watched and we have witnessed, amen, that God's not, it's not just a book of history or a book of the past or, you know, Moses is not just somebody in the history and somebody in the past, but that same God is still doing things today as he did Moses, Joshua, Caleb, all those down through there. And we watch God move in a very wonderful way. He would allow them to get down to a Red Sea and then he would snatch them out. Come on now. Amen. Then we would watch as they would go through a desert. He let them get to bitter waters. Then he would snatch them out of that situation. He would let them get down to no water, no food. He'd snatch them out. He let them get to the Jordan River where there was no way to cross. And he would make a way of escape. Snatch them out. Amen. Us, and we have, if we have truly placed our faith in that word, then we know the same God that moved on their behalf is also the same God that will move on our behalf. He's the same one that is pulling us out of our situations and out of our struggles and out of our torment, out of our mind battles, out of our problems. Come on, somebody. Amen. Out of our sicknesses, out of cancer, out of every kind of unclean spirit, it is God that is snatching us out. And the devil thinks he's got you surrounded and he thinks you've got your last moment. I I ain't got my last moment. I got my moment to go through my door of escape. And listen, this rapture is going to come down to that. It's like a trap. It's a snatching away. He comes as a thief in the night. Well, we've heard it before. I don't believe a thief comes up to your picture window, grabs a rock and chunks it through in the middle of the night and says, Hey, I'm a thief. I'm coming to take what's yours. No, no. He comes and gone. You don't even know it. That's what his ambition is anyway, to come and get what he wants and leave and you don't even know it until sometimes months later or weeks later or a year later, you go check a drawer and hey, that money you put there is gone or this is gone. You realize, hey, I've been robbed. This is what he's going to do with the rapture. That's why he's allowed the waters to get so rough. 
Come on now. He's allowed things to go the what we would think impossible and what we would think inconceivable. If we was in control, we wouldn't do it this way. But God is in control. And God knows the end from the beginning. Therefore, he allows things to get to where they're at and the conditions to be where they're at. You know what your job is to do? Keep swimming. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. Keep going forward because God is going to make a way of escape. God's going to snatch this bride off the face of the earth and the world won't know nothing about it. So it has to put a perseverance in us. To have that, you've got to have faith in what you're trying to achieve. You've got to have faith, amen, before you can be perseverant. So faith and perseverance works hand in hand together. They're brothers You must believe or you won't have no confidence. Amen. Amen. If you lose confidence in a preacher, you're you're not going to hear what he says. I don't care who you are. If you lose confidence in each other, you're not going to want to know what they say. You won't, you know, and then when you're talking about the word now, if you have no confidence, you don't know, you won't know whether you're right or whether you're wrong. This is why we see these people that's, that's lost their confidence in a prophet and now lost their confidence in the Bible. They don't know whether what's right and what's wrong. They've lost it. They're barons. They, they're, they're double-minded. Because believe me, it ain't left them. The Bible says train up a child in the way they go and it'll never leave them. It ain't left them. There's moments in their life as this maniac of Gadara would come to himself and say, Lord, I need help. And that cry would bring the master across the sea. Amen. What was it? He was something on him. That how he was raised, what he went through. He knew that there was, had to be a deliverance for him. And he knew there had to be something that God could move. So listen, those out there in the world, those that have walked away, those that are saying what do they want to, they may have blasphemed God. They may not be no hope for them, but it ain't left them. Amen. That's what's causing the torment that's over their life. Amen. Because why? It places something, but when they lose their confidence, then they don't know what's right or what's wrong. When you have, but when you have reached a place that you have faith in what you're doing, then you can be perseverant. So that's why Satan is always trying to break the confidence of the ministry. Come on now, that's exactly what he's trying to do. Whether it be the prophet, whether it be the father. Listen, when Brother Branham was here, what did he have to constantly hammer on? God still uses prophets. That was a, lot of, a lot of times you'd hear him, don't you believe God still uses prophets? Don't you? God, God still uses it. it. He does nothing until he reveals it to a service of prophets. And then we get to our day, what do we got to do? God still uses fivefold ministry. Satan is always trying to to deter or to break down the confidence that God wants you to have. As we heard Brother Aaron the other night speak on the the church age book and the Nicolaitan spirit, he talked about ministries that's built on negativity. You know, and that ain't... And, and as, he, as he went down, he's not even just talking about preachers. He's talking about individuals. That your whole concept and the whole thing is about negativity. Everything's negative. And he talked, go listen to it. It's wonderful. It's in the church age book. 
And he, and he says, you know, he says, you, you know, what, what, he says, just because you're, you're, you, you, you think you're right and other people agree you're right don't mean you're right. Satan deceived two-thirds of the, or a third of the angels. Amen. Preaching, preaching and thinking he was right. Listen, that's why we have to bring our confidence back to what the Word says. It ain't what I say or what anybody else says. If the preacher's not preaching the word, then you don't have you don't have to have confidence in it. But if he's speaking what the word says, then if you don't have confidence, you ain't just lost confidence in the ministry. You've lost it in the word of God. And this is where Satan is trying to, to deteriorate and to pull at and to make it to where, hey, that's just Brother Timothy. That's just Brother Tim. That's their own ideas. That's just Brother Branham. He had all kind of ideas. They're old, they're old fog, foggy ideas anyhow. Who wants to believe that anymore? I am God and I change not. God's word does not change with the decree, the, 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 the degree of sin. You get what I'm saying? Just because sin's worse does not mean God just moves over a little bit and says, you know what, well, it used to be wrong to do this, but now it's not. You see what I'm saying? No, God stays there. He wants somewhere you can put your confidence on. He said, I was thinking about the history of our nation and a handful of soldiers on a cold winter day and odds all against them, American soldiers. He said, when I read it, it made me want to cry in my, in my heart, but their leader was a Christian. George Washington, the Delaware was froze over, ice gorges in it. And I understand about half the American soldiers didn't even have so, shoes on their feet, stuff, just stuff wrapped around their feet. Them old, uh, they, them American soldiers, obstacles was great. The odds was against them. But yet, after prayer all night, until he's wet up to his hips in snow where he knelt and prayed. Their great leader became perseverance for he had assurance that God was with him. And he crossed the Delaware anywhere. He was persevering. Although bullet holes went through his clothes, he heard from God and no matter what the odds was, he was going to continue the course. Amen, he was persevering. He had heard from God and he believed what God said. Therefore, it didn't matter if the river was frozen or the ice was breaking, would break the boats. It didn't matter what the obstacles was. It mattered, I'm going to stay the course because I have heard from God and God is with me. Come on, bride of Jesus Christ. We're not here to try to take another nation. We're not here to try to try to establish a nation. That's not why we're here. But we have heard from God. And it doesn't matter how icy the river is or how dangerous it is or how bad it is. Amen. God, we've heard from God in this message. And he said, I am with you. And I'll never leave you or forsake you. Noah had to have that same perseverance. I went and, I, I told this before, but I went and visited that boat Noah built, that one that replicated. If it's anywhere close to what they built, I'm glad I wasn't chosen to be Noah. <laughs> it took a special man for that. I mean, 120 years nailing nails and cutting logs and put, say, what happened? He had heard from God. Said Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. In the middle of all that wickedness, in the middle of all that nonsense around there, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And he, he was given a vision, and he was told how to build it, what to do, how, you know, all the rooms of it, how, what, how many levels, how length, how, I mean, detailed. Because God knew what it was going to take to get across the flood. He knew that there was no other boat was going to be able to stand, uh, to stand the storms that were coming. Come on now. I know Noah's a type of the tribulation saints, Enix and also, but he, they, these are also dual meanings and dual purposes. Because Brother Branham used it as the ark, being the ark of safety and the ark of the covenant and bringing it on down. Listen, God knows exactly what it's going to take to go through every storm. God knows exactly how to build this ship of Zion. He knows exactly she's going, how, how, whatever wave is going to come and how bad it's going to be and how hard it's going to be and how difficult it's going to be. He knows all about it. He did not get to 2023 without a plan. But he has not got to 2022 or 23 and changing his plan. God had a plan at the beginning and that first plan was always the good plan. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was the gospel of salvation. It was the gospel of the Holy Ghost. It was the gospel, amen, putting everything back in his order and God knows exactly where to nail every board. Hallelujah. He put the Godhead back in his place and he put this one back in his place. What was he doing? Building the ship. Because there was some old ship of Zion, because there were some believers that was going to step on that ship one morning between six and nine and take their body chains and leave this place. He knows exactly how to build a ship. It made it through one flood, it'll make it through another. But you had to have a determination. Took a lot of determination, a lot of nails, a lot of boards, a lot of work, a lot of heartache, a lot of critics, a lot of men saying he's mad and lost his mind, a lot of them walking away. Maybe there's a few others that would help him at the beginning. Brother Aaron, again, preaches a wonderful sermon on that. You can go back and listen to it, on, I think, on the fence, sitting on the fence by Noah. Well, where's the rain coming from? I don't know where the rain coming from. I just know God said it's going to rain. How's this all going to work out in this end time we're living in, Brother Tim? I don't know how it's all going to work out. I just know it is because God said so. Amen. I, I just know judgment's coming. And I know before judgment there is an Enoch that's going to leave here. Because Enoch was persistent. Amen. The Bible says, and he was a certain age and he walked with God. Now, there was a certain time in his life that he didn't walk with God or he, he didn't have the persistence or he didn't have the love, I don't, whatever you want to play. But then at a certain part of his life, the scripture breaks into it and says, from here on, he walked with God. So this morning, if you find yourself on the other side of the fence on this situation, listen, God can change it. God can change it very quickly, amen, and he walked with God, and he became very persistent, and he became very loyal, and he became very, uh, uh, just all the time walking with God and communing with God until one day the scripture said God took him, snatched him out, reached down in that old stormy water and reached down and said, this one I'm going to take. 
Why did he do that? Why did he take the old Enoch? Why did he put that in scripture? Why did he show Enoch walked with God and was not the seventh from Adam? Why? Because the seventh from the second Adam was going to have to have a place they could put their foot on. A faith to believe and to keep on swimming. A faith to believe when all things are going against them. I can look back and say he did it one time and he's going to do it again because his word said he would. And it put a faith to keep on no matter what the difficulties, no matter what the struggle, no matter what the temptation, no matter who walks away, who says this or says that, I'm walking with God. And God took him. He said he's exactly, he said, let me go back. He says, right after Noah had caught the voice of God, the great thing God's program. He says, there's a great thing that so many is missing seeing is God's program. There's nothing running out of line. You hear that? There's nothing running out of line. It's exactly right, exactly on time. He is never behind. Hallelujah. The coming of the Lord will be just perfect. The church will be just exactly in order when he comes. He's just exactly on time. All our stewing, worrying will do nothing. Just be perseverant with the word of God and move on. God is right on time. Be perfect every time. Like all things, the sun and the moon, everything that God's created has worked on time for thousands of years. No, after he heard this, though he not being a scholar, perhaps laughed at, as the Bible said, they were mockers full of them. He knew all that lay ahead of him in a great scientific world. He was sure that nobody was going to believe him. But for 120 years, He was perseverant, and he laid one timber on another timber, one nail and another nail, one piece and another piece, people laughing, making fun all the while, but it didn't stop him. Why? He had faith in what he had heard. Hello, Noah's. He had faith in what he had heard, and Noah was very perseverant with his message, And he was fearless no matter what any of them said. They might have called him anything. That didn't stop him. He had faith to believe God's word and went right on building the ark. No matter how scientific they could prove, his message was wrong. Man, does he not not sound like he's preaching today? Mercy. We've got all kinds of scientific things. Well, so did they did in Noah's day. But where are them scientific things today? There's a lot of scientific things and intellectual thoughts you can put together and try to prove this and this, this, and that, and the other, and this be wrong, that be wrong, all this. <laughs> you know, I, I actually have a little bit more grace for those in Noah's day that could prove things scientific because they was actually there. They could actually take the instruments and shoot them up or do whatever and prove it ain't never rained. Before, why do you think it's going to rain now? Brother Brown talks about them being a very advanced age. Even many times advanced beyond what we are. I have more grace in my mind for them than some of these today that want to take these scientific things and try to prove this message wrong and they wasn't even there. Come on now. 
He said, no matter how many tried to prove him wrong, he kept going anyhow. That's the way with a true believer. No matter how much they say, this is not the Holy Spirit, it's psychology, some kind of illusion, it's telepathy, whatever it is, that don't stop God's people a bit. They know God made the promise that in this day it would be here, so they persevere and press on with the message. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Perseverant. So many through the scriptures, Moses had to be persevering. But what caused his persistence? He tried on his own. It killed one Egyptian. He feared for his life, ran, and he forgot all about it. So it wasn't his own intellectual ability that gave him perseverance. It wasn't his own theology that gave him perseverance. It isn't what he thought about it gave him perseverance. What gave him perseverance is a burning bush. He met God for himself, the God that his mama talked about and his daddy talked about and told him how angels of God had kept him on the river Nile and brought him to Pharaoh's house and raised him up in his house to know the ins and outs of how Pharaoh worked, that God was planning him to be a deliverer, but no matter how much his mama and daddy told him, it couldn't give him perseverance. They could try to instill it in them all they wanted to. He couldn't do it. The only thing that could give him the perseverance he needed was meet God for himself. And that's the only thing that'll give you perseverance is when you had your moment with that pillar of fire. And here he goes up and he finds himself on the backside of a desert and he finds himself... thinking it's got to be somebody else. It's got to be somebody else's do this. And the Bible says, the voice spoke and said, it's you. Perseverance stepped into the place of his excuses. Did you hear that? Perseverance stepped into the place of his excuses. Nothing was going to stop it then. Anything could happen, but it'll it'll never take you. You can be persevering because you can't die. You're already dead. We have the earnest of our salvation right now because we're risen with him, raised with him, setting heavenly places right now with this assurance. Amen. You go down to Joshua and Caleb. What gave them perseverance? Because they saw the God that Moses talked about become reality and open up the way through the wilderness and through the Red Sea. That when they got to their inheritance, they said, hey, we're more than able. What do you mean we can't take it? God's already showed us he's with us. God already showed us he'll snatch us out when we're about to go down. So why would we doubt him now? Let's go take it right now. And that gave them faith to stand on because of their experience in the word of God. You know, David had to have perseverance. He had to have a place he could stand on. You know what gave him perseverance? He had some experience, for one, out on the backside of a desert with a lion and with a bear. He'd been practicing what he believed, and he saw what he believed worked. And not only that, he'd been called in by the prophet, and he had the anointing oil poured over his head. Hello, bride of Jesus Christ. 
been called in by the message of the prophet and the anointing of the Holy Ghost poured over their head. And it gave him a persistence, a perseverance to believe that when he went out there and he heard that giant's cry, he said, this man will be just as dead as that bear or that lion. Listen, David didn't go down, amen, into the battle because he fought well. He went down into the battle because he believed well. He believed that God was able to snatch him out because God had put the oil over his head and God had anointed him for this moment. Come on, little Davids, who's here this morning that has also had those experiences? I saw God heal this, and I saw God do this, and the God that did that is the same God today, and he's able to take this Goliath's head off. I'm not gonna fight him, because I fight well. I'm gonna fight him, because I believe well. I believe in the one who said it could happen. And I'm going to stand upon his word. He was the smallest out of all his family. Actually, the least thought of. Because when the, when the prophet came, his daddy called everybody else. Let's read the scripture. He called everybody else. And this one came by. Nope. 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 However many sons down. Finally, there ain't no more sons standing in line. And Samuel stopped and he says, do you have any more? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got another. Well, where is he? He said, he's back there tending to the sheep. He said, go get him. He said, we're not going to sit down and eat till he comes. Amen. Amen. This prophet had a belief in what God had told him. He didn't send him down to, down to Jesse's house for nothing. He sent him down to Jesse's house to anoint someone. And the Spirit of God would come by every time. Nope, nope, nope. And when he ran out, he knew there had to be another. So he was persistent. He's like, hey, you got another son? Yeah, I got one. Well, call him. We're not going to sit down. And when this little old sheep herder, take him from the sheep coat, which means out of nothing. I nobody. God said, this is a man after my own heart. Because he saw something on the inside of him. David wasn't going to be unstable. David was going to fight and be persistent. And he anointed him. And he went and killed a giant. And killed many others for the glory of God. He said, if you can find the place in the plan of God. If you can find that spot, that word. Even though you may be sick and nearly dead. You say, well, I'm a Christian. How could that be in the plan of God? It might be in God's plan to heal you and give you a testimony that will shake souls to the kingdom of God. Certainly, he lets those things happen. Maybe you've had your ups and downs. The enemy's scorching you from every side. It might have been that way. That is all in God's plan. Might not be in your plan, but it's in God's plan. Might not be how we would have planned it, but that's the way God planned it. Because <laughs> I promise you, my plans would be a lot different. But God has the ultimate say. Just like in Job's life when he was afflicted, sores all over him. That was all in the plan of God. But Job had to come to a point of being persevering because he knew he had kept God's word. 
And he had offered the sacrifice. And there was a sacrifice over his life. Therefore, he knew God was not judging him because of his sin. Because he had offered a lamb. So when the comforters would come. And boy, you go, I listened to him here a while back. And they go over and they pick his life apart. And they look at this part, and they look at this part, and they look at this part, and they look at this part. And Job's like, no, I didn't do none of that. No, this is not true. No, I did not sin. No, there isn't sin in my life. I have done things right. I have offered to say. And Job's answering, answering all these comforters. But then there's one comes. <laughs> he don't tell him. He don't even really talk to him so much about his current situation. He takes him back before. He said, Job, where were you before the morning stars shouted for, and the sons of God shouted for Job? Where were you? And then he takes him from where he was to where he was going to be. And he lifted him up off that ash heap to where he could look past 6,000 years or thousands of years. And he could see the resurrected Jesus Christ. And he said, although the skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh, I will see God. He knew I was there and I'm going to be there. So what's happening here is not relevant to these. That's 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 what you got to get your mind to. What's happening here is not relevant to these as far as your salvation. You know, you go through things in life, you think, well, God doesn't love me. No, that don't change here or here. No, no. And it don't, he still loves you. You're just going through something. But don't worry. He's going to make a way of escape. Hallelujah. Got to be persistent. Got to push through the hard times. And there's plenty of them. <laughs> you know, Samson had to, had to do that. He had to be persistent. And God would use him. He would talk about it. He said when he come down and grabbed a hold of one of them skulls and killed a thousand Philistines single-handed, didn't scare, he didn't scare him. He felt them seven locks that were hanging there. And it gave him a perseverance to fight through anything. It wasn't until that covenant was cut off that he lost his ability to do what he is doing. Because he had given his secret. He said, as long as a Christian can know, I'm living above sin. There's a lamb that's been offered for my sacrifice. I'm perfect because the lamb's perfect. The Holy Spirit is blessing me, and I'm standing with him. I'm going to be persevering and pressed toward the mark of the high calling. Amen. Christian should, every Christian should be that way. Very persistent in their way with God. Determined to fulfill. You say, well, what if so-and-so says something? Well, you know, there was a Greek woman. (laughs) She had a lot of difficulties, a lot of problems to press through, a lot of issues, a lot of critics, a lot of ones that told her, you do, you go, brother, go go listen to the sermon. Go do this. We're going to cut you off. There was something in her heart. I have a need. I got a need from God. And she wasn't out of the word of God. She wasn't out of the will of God. It was the will of God to heal. But God was testing her faith. 
And she pushes through all her disappointments and all of her struggles. And she walks up and says, Lord, called him by what the Jews should have called him. And he looks at her, said, Lord, I have, I have this need, my daughter. He looked at her, and you know, he didn't give her a pat on the back, didn't say you're doing a good job. He said, I wasn't even sent to your race. In other words, he called her a dog. I wasn't even sent to you. And he turns back around. Brother Branham said, something rose up on that little faith, rose up to a place and said, yea, Lord. But even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. He said her persistence and her attitude turned him back around and said, you can have what you, have, what you say because I have not found faith like this in Israel. Why? Because he, she was willing no matter what it took. It didn't matter what somebody's going to say, what somebody's going to do, what was going to go on. It didn't matter. I'm doing this for one reason. It's for him. And I'm doing it according to his word. Now, you can do, be doing things for him and be out of his word. Go listen to the tape. Doing God a service without his will. His will is his word. Amen. But when you're in his will and you're in his word, you can be persistent. And it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what goes on in the church. It doesn't matter what somebody says from the pulpit. It matters not. All that matters is him. She had many hindrances, but her faith didn't have any hindrance. You might have many hindrances. I have plenty of them, lots of hindrances. But what about your faith? If you can't be persistent, if you're going to let everything hinder you, now physically you might feel bad, physically you may not feel well, otherwise you may not feel like going to church, you may not feel like doing anything, but your faith doesn't have no hindrances. It'll move you anyhow. Maybe your pastor prayed for you, anointed you with all, that's what he's supposed to do, and you go back and say, Pastor, I don't feel no better. Oh my, you ought not to come up in the first place. You're going by your feelings, but start going by your faith. God's going to answer me. God's going to meet me. God's going to touch me. He said, your faith in the word of God. Call the elders of the, sick, uh, elders of the church. Let them anoint you with oil and pray over you. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. If you've got faith in God, faith in prayer, then go on anyhow. But nothing's going to stop it. You've got faith. You believe it. Faith doesn't have any hindrance. But this woman had plenty of hindrance. You have plenty of hindrances, physical and spiritual. But if your faith believes in God, there's no hindrance in your faith. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you believe. If you believe God's word and have faith there, then you have something you can stand on. Mercy. We go on down. She admitted what he said was the truth. I'm not worthy, Lord, I'm, but I'm here for the crumbs. It's true, children eat. You're right, Lord. Your word is true, every one of them. I'm not worthy to sit at the table with the children, but Lord, let me call something to your attention. The dogs are willing to eat the crumbs, and if I can just get a crumb, because she knew. Why, why did she ask for a crumb? Because she knew everything that was in the loaf of bread 
was in that crumb. <laughs> Amen. God may not give you the whole loaf. He may not at all at once just put the whole loaf in your hand. He may just give you a crumb here and a crumb there and a crumb here. But if you're just willing to take the crumbs, God's able to fulfill what you have need of in your body, what you have need of in your spirit, what you have need of in your heart, what you have need of in, around you. God is able because everything that was in the loaf is in the crumb. We ought to be crumb seekers. Because God has promises, he's the bread of life. He's the bread that came down of heaven. If all I can get when I come is a crumb, I want what God has for me. This is what he would say in being persistent. He says, you can have 25 cents, the purchasing power of a loaf of bread. We need about $5.25 today. He said, but you can be as happy with that because you know it will buy what you have need of. And he said, we have the blood of Jesus Christ. It has purchased everything that we have need of from here to glory. So we can be persistent and we can hold on and we can stand there when all hell is against us and it will be. Amen. We can have courage in the middle of the devil's howling. The devil wants to howl and he wants to howl and he wants to howl and say, I'm going to tear this down and I'm going to tear this church up and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. There ain't going to be no bride. Let him howl. You know when he's howling, you know why he's howling? Because he's about to be exposed. Amen. When he begins to scream out and he begins to curse and he begins to, he knows you're right at the moment of your victory. And he's trying everything he can do to keep you from grabbing a hold of the whole loaf. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as common demand. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above all that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape? A word that he's given us to have faith, to finish, to fulfill. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This word gives you faith to continue. You're about to quit, this word gives you faith to continue. You're about to throw in the towel, this word gives you faith to continue. Listen, I'm not here to try to, try to talk you off of jumping off a cliff. If you want to jump, jump. Deal with the consequences. If I talk you off the cliff, somebody else will talk you back on the cliff. But this word will give you strength to stand. Be not dismayed. Fear not for I, not me, I am with thee. I am thy God and I will strengthen thee and I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. John 10 and verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. 
You may feel like you're about to go down. They will never perish. You may feel like you're about to bubble for the last time. They will never perish. Come on, Peter. He's got enough hand to reach down on that water and pick you up and make you walk on water again. You'll never perish. Philippians 4, 19 says, My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory. 1 Corinthians 1, 8, he will sustain you to the end. Guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says it like this. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I'm giving you some stuff to keep swimming. Verse 8 says, the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Joshua 1.5 says, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Hello, we're under the Joshua Commission. Come on, we're under the Joshua Commission. As he was with Moses, so he'll be with us. Amen. He, if he didn't fail Moses, he won't fail us. I'll be with thee and will never forsake thee. When David told his son Solomon in 1 Chronicles 28, 20, he said, be strong. He was to build a temple. Be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee, and he will not fail thee or forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Let's take that for our scripture this morning. This same God that was with David, this same God that was with through all the Hebrew children and all the children of faith through the Old and New Testament, the same God that was with William Branham is the same God with us. And he will not fail thee or forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work in the service of the house of the Lord. Hebrews 13, 5 says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Let your, so we boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Next verse. We boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Put in your lingo, I will not fear what any devil is going to do to me. Satan may rise up against me. Many there be that trouble me. Many there be that say there's no help from God. But thou, O Lord, or a shield. I was reading this today, Genesis 28 and verse 11, talking about Jacob. You ever heard of Jacob's pillow, a stone? It's more than just a good story. You know that stone, if you begin to study it, it's the same rock that followed the children of Israel. Hallelujah. 
I'll show you. He lighted upon a certain, I'm giving you faith to stand, to keep swimming. He lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillow and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set on the earth, top of it reached to the heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending. You know, we, I've seen a lot of drawings, or some drawings of this pewter, beautiful paintings. You ever seen them? How many have ever seen a painting of this? Jacob laying, the ladder, angels. But that's more than just a painting. What were their angels, what was those angels doing? It was going in, delivering messages, snatching people out of situations, going back up. If you'll get past it being more than just a story. More than just a painting. Brother Branham said, where was that ladder tied to? He said that ladder was tied on one end to the throne of God and the other end to the rock, Jesus Christ. He said, why did he do it that way? So those promises that he was sending up and down off that ladder, they wouldn't slip. Woo, hallelujah. But they was going to be constant and they was going to be there for you in your darkest trial. An angel was going to come down and give you a piece of bread. An angel was going to come down and give you a promise of God and God was going to minister to you in your time of struggle. Hallelujah. Amen. This is more than just a beautiful picture. This is thus saith the Lord. God's will for you that you have a place that you can rest upon. Oh, it might be hard. It might be all kind of things. All hell might be against you. But you can rest in the middle of the storm. Why? Because you're sleeping and resting on the rock of ages. Hallelujah. Because listen to this. He comes down in verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father. He wanted Jacob to know who he was. Thy father and the God of Isaac and the land whereon thy land lies to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. What was it? This is the same promise he told Abraham. It was the same promise. It was now being moved over to Jacob. He said, Jacob, I'm going to give you a reason to keep swimming. Keep moving, because thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, the east, the north, the south, and in thee and thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee. He didn't say I'm with, I was with Abraham. He said, I am with thee and will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest and will bring thee again to this land for I will not leave thee until I've done that which I've spoken of thee. And Jacob woke up out of sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. Oh God, maybe that'll be your, your thoughts today. Maybe you've been, a, been a, kind of a, in a disarray, delusion, but today you can be walk, woken up and realize, hey, God is in this place. God is moving among us. God is answering needs. God is touching hearts. God is ministering. God is dealing with the needs of those people. And angels are ascending and descending and moving back and forth. Amen, because it's a ladder that's still existing today. 
It's still there today. Listen, he says, look, look at Jesus to identify himself with a stone that would never let the promises slip. This stone that would anchor forever. Can somebody say forever? Anchor forever and forever God's covenant and promised people. He said, dost thou believe what I've told you these things? Thou shalt see greater things than this. You shall see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of God. Up and down Jacob's ladder. Because he's God's anchor. As long as I'm in Christ Jesus, I'm anchored in God. The angels ascending and descending, going up first and coming down. What are they doing? They're taking messages up and bringing messages down. Taking messages up, taking messages down. He was that anchoring place for Jacob's ladder. Jesus was where the promised seed would come from. He was God's eternal promised seed. He was that sure stone. He was that perfect foundation that God's truth could anchor in. And all devils in hell and everything else will never move it. God has anchored it forever in him. So you can take the word of God and just keep swimming because God's going to move. Somehow I don't know how. I don't know how God's going to do it. I just know he's going to do it. How do you know he's going to do it? Because he said he was. Therefore it gives me the strength to just keep swimming. Brother Brown tells us a story. Being up in Colorado. So standing on a mountain. And watching old mother eagle. As she brought her little ones from the nest on her wings. And set them down in a grassy pasture. <laughs> People won't say that don't happen. Eagles don't do that. Well the Bible said they do. He said, as an eagle beareth her young on his wing, her wings. So however you want to look at it, you got scientific proof it don't happen, that's up to you. I just know what the Bible said. And I got confidence in this prophet. And he said he watched them as they come down. And she flew back up to the very highest peak on a rock she could go. And she began to watch. And he said, I was watching through my binoculars. A horse hits to a tree and I was just watching. He said, my, you talking about, you ever been around an eagle's nest? He said, they make out of sharp sticks and things. Them old poor little eagles walking around on those thick sticks and thorns. They never knew anything else. But one day, the mother spread her forth her wings. And she stepped out on the wings and went down. They stepped out on the wings and went down. I looked at those little fellows. They was having themselves a Pentecostal revival down in that little field. They were running down that soft grass, picking here, chirping there, jumping around. I thought, well, that's right. Now that's just like a man in an old nest of the world, knows nothing but what the devil can give him. But one day God picks him up, sets him down in some shady green pastures. And how he rejoices, he's free, there's nothing, no harm. I thought, why, why ain't those little fellows afraid? Wonder if they realize there's coyotes around here trying to pick them up. But all at once in a while, they would just look up. And they would see that old mother eagle sitting up there. I thought, well, praise be to God. He's taking me out of the nest of the world, and he's climbed the ramparts of glory, and he's sitting high, watching over his heritage. And if a coyote would ever start towards one of us little eagles, she would flog him to death. Come on, somebody. He said, that's right. Let Satan take after a believer. He's got Jesus Christ on his hands. Hallelujah. The devil ain't just dealing with you. He's dealing with God. 
She was watching with her great majestic head looking around. She was on the highest rock because she could see everything so she could see. After a while, I seen her raise her head up, and I looked through my 10 power binoculars. So what is it? And way back over in the north, a northern, a storm was coming. Thunder began to roar. Lightning began to flash. And she let out a scream. And down through there she went with those big old wings right on that grassy prairie. Every one of them little eagles ran over real quick. They were instructed perhaps before leaving the nest. And they caught their little feet right in the feathers, throwed that little mouth down, hooked their little bill across the feather. She raised up with that bunch of eaglets and on his wings and went just straight through that wind as hard as she could go right back to the cleft of the rock. He said, I sat there and cried like a baby. I thought, some glorious day when this revival's over, he's gonna come from glory and he's gonna spread forth those wings of power and us little eagles are gonna hook our beaks in there and fly to glory with him. Hallelujah. God is determined to fulfill his word. Therefore, we must also be determined to fulfill. God is going to take care of you. Some of you just need to say that God's going to take care of me. He's going to watch over me. He's going to see when that old coyote, slick-headed fellow is going to show up. He's going to see it. He's going to be there for you. He's going to watch when storms gather. He knows when they're coming. He knows they're coming before you even do. So how you feel like you're going to be able to prepare when you don't even know it's coming? But God already has a preparation. Flee to him. Get to the rock. Catch a hold on the wings of faith and rise above it all. Let's bow our heads. God, rich in mercy. God, rich in mercy. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful God. Maybe your eyes have been on the winds and the waves a little bit too much. I just encourage you today, turn your eyes on Jesus. It's all about him. This is his church. This is his work. And I ain't even just talking about evening light tabernacle, though I am. I'm talking about this bride body around the world. I don't know how he's going to get it all ready. I just know he said he would. He's a God that has a plan. And his plan will never fail. But Lord, if God could put something in a rat to just have one moment of being pulled out of water dry it off a little bit and put right back in to go 60 hours what about you what about you 
Where's your faith been? Where's, where's your trust been? Where's your, where's your heart been? Where's, where's your, your ears been? Where's your mind been? But if it's been all on Jesus Christ, because I've been all on Him, and you can see through the scriptures of how He rescued and He moved and He touched, it ought to give us a faith to continue on. Determined to fulfill. Determined to fulfill. wonder how many just said, Lord, I need that determination. God, help me to be single-minded when it comes to the Word of God, the things of God, the work of God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My hand's lifted, Lord. You know how the mind battles I go through, Lord. Wanting to give up slips through your mind just give up slips through your mind well what good is it doing slips all all kinds of things bring your thoughts back to the word of God keep swimming keep swimming keep going keep believing keep walking with the Lord got a lot to lose you got everything to gain keep walking Father you've seen the hands that were lifted all over this building my hands up as well Lord Satan comes with his temptations he comes with his thoughts worries frustrations Oh, Father, we just ask, Lord, that that attribute that you have of steadfastness, of unwavering, Lord, there could be such a deposit in our hearts, Lord, that when the way gets tough and the going gets hard and the situations get almost unbearable sometimes, Lord, we could have more faith than a rat, more belief than a rat. God, because we can read your word. We can see things. We, we've saw you move so many times. You've been through it all for us. and You've been there every moment, orchestrating things and moving pieces in place. God, touching hearts and lives. God, may we just not wash that all away. and Forget about it all and give up and go under. But Lord, just... We're at the last few strokes of this journey. Last few miles, last few moments, last few days. God, give us a resolve in our hearts to continue to fight the battle. A faith to believe. A faith to continue. We love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. Lord, I just want to say it as that man said, Lord, I believe. But forgive thou my unbelief. Forgive me, Lord, for the times I've doubted. Forgive me, Lord, for the times that I cried and thought you was not going to answer. 
thought you didn't love me, thought you'd given up, thought you'd walked away, but Lord, behind that cloud, you were still there. Behind that discouragement, you were still there. Behind that situation, you never walked away, but you was right there in arm's length to reach down and snatch me up. God, give us a determination, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, soul of you weary and troubled, no light in the darkness you see. There's light for
Oh, draw me and draw. 
Stand and worship Him. He will provide time and time. 